We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Blue Wire. Welcome back. It's the Big Blue Banter, New York Giants football podcast. I'm Dan Schneier. Joined so is my co-host, Nick Villato. We're having a little fun today. We've done this the past couple off-seasons. We're going to do stat projections for the New York Giants for the 2023 season. And we're going to do it the same way we've done it in the past. Nick Villato, his mathematical brain, has come up with projections for the Giants from a statistical standpoint. This is a model that he uses. It's very in-depth. He does it on a Google sheet. There's like 17 rows and columns, all using formulas and stuff that's well over my head. He comes up with it. It's the the Falato projection spits out a number, and then I'm going to go over or under on it, and Nick can react to that. So this is how we do it here on the Big Blue Bender podcast. We get right into it without any preamble. The most important one, and that's Daniel Jones. So we'll start by saying this, as noted in Nick's little projection here. Daniel Jones averaged 200 yards per game in the regular season passing in 2022. Obviously not the number we're looking for, if we're going to be completely honest. But Nick hasn't projected for 3,908 passing yards this year. That's 229 per game. That would be a 9.82 yards per completion, which is would be unbelievable, by the way, Nick. I think the comp was that you came up with was um, Dak Prescott from 2022 and Russell Wilson from 2022. 27 touchdowns, nine interceptions, 645 rushing yards. That's a 40 rushing yard per game, six rushing touchdowns. So I'm going to take this one by one, Nick. I'm going to give you an over and I'm going to give you an or an under. 3,908 passing yards. I'm taking the over, Nick. I'm taking the over. I think this is the year Daniel Jones finally hits the 4K mark passing. The reason I'm taking the over here is I think back to what Brian Dable did in Buffalo and what he wants to do from a schematic standpoint, from a philosophical standpoint. There were times I would read those Bills message boards, or after, I should say, the Giants hired Dable, and I would read the, you know, every fan base has their fans that are happy fans, that are sad fans, that are annoying fans. If I'm going to be completely honest, you know who you are. Hopefully not listening to this podcast right now. And Typically, we don't get the annoying ones. Those guys go to the Homer podcast and enjoy yourselves over there. But there are fans who will find fault in anything the team does. So there were some fans who were faulting Brian Dable as offensive coordinator of the Buffalo Bills. Believe it or not, you can find these guys on the message board. And the main criticism they had, Nick, of Brian Dable was he threw the ball too often. He called too many passing plays. He didn't oh, run yeah. it. I remember that, Dan. Right. Because remember, Buffalo, they lost to Jacksonville in like week six or seven when Jacksonville sucked. Remember and everyone game? was losing their minds. And I think they also opened that season losing to the Pittsburgh Steelers. I don't know why I remember this, yeah, but I, I so. yeah. I and it was 
a similar thing. But Pittsburgh also, they started doing this funky stuff with their defense because they were traditionally a very zone-heavy team. I think they went to more man coverage and maybe caught Josh Allen, also spy Josh Allen, caught them off guard a little bit. But I didn't mean to derail where, where you were going with that. No, no, it was a good because that was a good point. People were calling for Dable's head after that Jacksonville game when Josh, the other Josh Allen had like four sacks. But I don't think he believes it's a fault to be throwing the ball that often. I think in his mind, he views that he can scheme up a passing game that can be an extension of the running game where the ball can be out of the quarterback's hand so fast that it is essentially a run play and it doesn't carry the same risk as a typical pass play. So I think he did what he did last year because the Giants had offensive line problems and because they had personnel issues from a skill talent standpoint at the wide receiver position. But now that a lot of that has been solved, hopefully with the offensive line, that <laughs> remains to be seen. But I do think John Michael Smith is a big upgrade and I'm hoping Neil can be healthy and an upgrade as well. But if all those things check out, Nick, and it goes back to what we saw in the preseason on that one drive, man, that was pass heavy as hell. If those things check out, he's going to want to throw the ball. And I think the Giants will end up being top five or top 10 in in passing in neutral passing rate. And if they're up to top five, I think Jones is going to have a really good opportunity to hit that 4K mark. So I'm going to take the over on passing yards. I'm going to take the over on completions at 398. I am going to take the under at 9.82 yards per completion because that like I know it compares. I, maybe I'm I'm just off on what on what uh, YPAs not are around the NFL. But where would that rank uh, last year among quarterbacks? Nine point. That's per completion. I have to look that up. Oh, because I oh that's it. per completion. That's per completion. Yes. OK, take back everything I just said. I was thinking of it per attempt, because if you, no. hit, you get to 9.82 per attempt, you're like the best quarterback in the NFL. Um but per completion, it's a little bit different. We don't have attempts here. It would have been in the bottom third. Okay. Okay, so I'm going to take the over then. I'm going to take the over then. Okay, I'm take the over. No, no, no. Wait. Take it back. Still think most of this offense is going to be short passing game. We're going to have some bigger plays, but it's still operating quick, get open, create separation, throw the football, move the ball. So under on that, over on the first two, 27 passing touchdowns. Woo! That's a spicy That's a number. Nick. It would I be know. a career high for Daniel Jones. Yes. I've seen it 15 last year. What did he have the year before? Uh, 14, I believe it was. I think it was like, wasn't it wasn't like nine or something. No, it was 10. No, no, 21. It was 10. Yeah. So he had 15 and 10. So that would be more passing touchdowns this year than the past two combined. But they were Jason Garrett years as a Brian Dable year. 27 is a big, it's a spicy number though. It's a spicy number and the betting line is 17 and a half. <laughs> Holy shit. I love it. Yes, I, I took, yes. And uh, I'm not even sure if I'm fully confident, but I just I do believe there's going to be positive variance on the side of Daniel Jones. I just think throughout this kid's career, there were so many times, and I guess a lot of quarterbacks can say this, a lot of fans can say this, where Saquon Barkley got one-yard touchdowns because Golden Tate got tackled at the one-yard line or Isaiah Hodgins or whoever right. it was. And I think there's going to be some positive regression in the in favor of daniel jones when it comes to just throwing touchdown passes but i agree man 27 is a lot but that's kind of what i want to say i'm not putting a number on hey i would need you to get 27 but if we want or believe daniel jones can take the step that we think is possible he has to throw more than 15 touchdown passes for sure i mean 15 for sure it has that we we i'm with you on that i'm i'm debating what to do with this over under nick i 
on one hand, I want to take the over because I feel like one of the biggest areas Daniel Jones jumped was red zone. It's kind of insane. And yes, you know, part of that is coaching, but part of that's him, man. He's getting out of the pocket and he's has now a plan with these receivers when he's on those scramble type drills for where he wants them to move each one of them to get open so he, they can present a target for him to throw to. And toward the end of the season, he was really freaking valuable in that way, throwing passing touchdowns that shouldn't have been passing touchdowns that were literally created by his ability to maneuver and manipulate the pocket. And then, you know, the scramble drill ability of these receivers, which again, it's it's impressive to some extent to what these receivers can do. But let's be honest, as a play goes on for a while, it's really hard for the defense to not to, to stop the play without holding, which is a penalty. So it comes down to the quarterback and the quarterback make that play. And he can. but I will take the under on this one, Nick, because this year they faced the Bills defense. This year they faced the Jets defense. This year they faced the 49ers defense. These are tough defenses, elite top five, basically, defenses that they did not have to face last year. I also think the Washington football team defense is going to be better this year with the additions they made in the draft that fit that system well. So I'm going to take a slight under on passing touchdowns, but I think he's going to have an opportunity to get to. I would put it at 25 for passing touchdowns, which would still be a career high for Daniel Jones, beating out his rookie season number, which I believe was 24, unless it was 26. I get I, I might be getting those two numbers mixed 24. up. Somewhere. It was 24, okay. But again, even if he does get to 25, I still view it as a success if he does add what he added last year. Last year was seven. Let's say it's five rushing touchdowns this year. Now you're still hitting the 30 touchdown mark in total. If you can get to the 30 touchdown mark between the passing and the rushing touchdowns, I view that as a big jump because last year he had 22 combined touchdowns. So to get to 30, that'd be a good thing. So slight under, but because of the schedule, but I'm going to, I'm going to go, uh, let's go to the next one interceptions nine. So he had five interceptions last year, best interception rate of any quarterback in the NFL. If we assume the passing attempts are going to go up, the difficulty of these passes are going to go up, the touchdowns are going to go up, the interceptions are probably going to go up as well. So I am going to take the over on this one, over nine interceptions. I don't think it's going to be crazy over, Nick. I think we're probably in the 10, 11, 12 range of a 17-game season, which is not bad, especially if he's throwing for 25 touchdowns. That's a two-to-one touchdown-to-interception ratio, which any coach will ever take, you know? Uh, I mean, that's just passing touchdowns. Doesn't even include the rushing touchdowns. Going to add, you know, it'll come closer to three to one at that point. So maybe ten, maybe eleven, a slight over there. But I'm gonna take a slight over there. Any thoughts on those before we move to the rushing projection over unders? So if you're of the mindset that Daniel Jones is going to exceed the passing yards that he has recently in terms of last year was 3206. That's including playoffs. You can get. 3,300 and a half yard at plus 100 right now on DraftKings. So it's just something to consider. I like, the I don't know. Touchdown, the passing touch, 17 and a half. I really like that over. I like that over as well. Again, when you bet overs on these season long, it, it's, it's not always a great guarantee because injuries happen. Yes. One injury, you miss like three games. It could just derail your entire bet. Always keep that in mind. But when yeah. you're getting plus odds, it's, it, it's worth the gamble, in my opinion. I think 33, I wouldn't bet on 3,900 like I have statted out right here. I'm not overly confident in that, but I do see pathways to where that could happen. So that's one of the reasons why I have it statted out that way. But 3,300 at plus 100, it's not a terrible bet. No, it's not a bad bet at all. All right, 645 rushing yards. It's 40 per game. Last year, he had over 700 rushing yards. On one hand, I want to say the Giants signed him to a massive contract. And and this week, obviously, as those of you who will follow the team really closely will note, they pushed back more of that cap hit because they need to create some cap space. They restructured the deal, which means 
it's going to cost more if they want to get out of it at any point in year three. So with that in mind, I want to say that they're going to try to run him less, Nick, which is possible that they're going to do fewer design quarterback runs. But I feel like most of what he did on the ground last year wasn't even off design quarterback runs. It was mostly off scrambles. And I don't think that's going to come out of his game because I'm not quite positive Evan Neal is going to be that amazing yet. And I'm not quite positive Ben Bredesen and Mark Lewinsky are going to be that amazing in pass protection either. So I know that he's already gotten used to when that pocket breaks down, look for the run. And so I think I'm going to take the slight over there. I don't think it's going to be just as much as last year. I think it's probably going to be like just under 700, maybe in the, in the high sixes, but over 645 rushing touchdowns of six. I'm going to take the under on that one. I think it's going to drop to five or four. I think the giants are going to be, because in the red zone, they did have some design touchdown uh, runs for him that led to touchdowns. I think they're going to be a little bit more cognizant of one, how valuable he is to the franchise, especially now that he signed all this guaranteed money. and two. You can uh, you can probably get away with fewer design quarterback runs because Darren Waller can get open now for you early or, you know, the rest of these weapons can get open for you now early. So any thoughts on my rushing project uh, predictions? I kind of like where you're at. I thought it was probably going to be lower, but Daniel Jones, what did he have two games last year where he had multiple touchdowns on the ground? I think yes. the Bears and the Colts. So all Daniel Jones needs and Mike Kafka is going to recognize this because he's an excellent coach is one defensive coordinator who's being a little bit over-aggressive in terms of trying to contain 26. And I think that could still happen. I think a lot of defensive coordinators are aware of what Daniel Jones can do on the ground, but you could still find one who's not going to be, especially if the Giants are having success running the football, which they may if teams are playing too high defenses against them because of Jalen Hyatt and Darren Waller. Right. All linked, and I love it. Absolutely love it, because I think Daniel Jones can have success on the ground, but six is kind of a lot. So I would bet the under if I was a bet man with that. And he had seven last year, so it's definitely in play. Um, okay, Saquon Barkley, last year he averaged 82 yards per game on the ground. If you had put in here, which we didn't, but it's okay, his rushing attempts, Nick, I wouldn't even need to see the number. I would take the under. I think the attempts are going to go down on the ground this year as they go to more of a passing team. As far as the yards go, you projected him for 12-19, what's 71 per game, which is uh, 11 fewer than last year. A part of me wants to be like, Spread it out a little bit more, some lighter personnel looks. He could maybe be even more effective as a runner this year. Part of me wants to say that, Nick. The other part of me wants to say, eh, a lot of the big plays on the ground last year did come out of those heavier personnel packages where they ran power gap, where they motioned the receiver in like Hodgins, like you talked about for the crap. Like, so I don't know if my theory that lighter boxes does lead to a better rushing attack is actually true, at least for this football team, because of how much success they had with the powering gap. So with that said, I really feel like you're damn close to what the number is going to be here at 1219, but I'll go slight over there Okay. and then nine rushing touchdowns. I think the offense is going to be a lot better this year. I'm going to go over there too. We're driven by the search for better, but when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide 
that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Without the ones like you who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. What's going on, Big Blue Banter listeners? I'm excited for the football season for several reasons. And one of those reasons is Prize Picks, which is North America's largest independently owned daily fantasy sports platform. And it's so simple to use. Instead of battling thousands of other players, including professionals, sharks, and people who are going to exploit you, you pick more than or less than on two to six player stat projections, and you just watch the winnings roll in. It's very simple to play and gives you a little extra skin. I've set my picks in less than 60 seconds. There are so many stats to choose from, and the withdrawals of funds are easy and quick. Dan and I will be adding a segment to our show before every game where we pick our favorite stats, more or less, yards or touchdowns, what have you, and we'll be discussing why from a scheme, matchup, and game theory perspective. I love their promotions and how easy their interface is to operate at prize picks. I may select more on tackles for a loss from Bobby Okereke or Kayvon Thibodeau next game. They also do other sports as well. It's a really cool experience. Please join Dan and I in the fun of prize picks. Go to prizepicks.com slash banter and use code banter for a first deposit match up to $100. Again, go to prizepicks.com slash banter and use code banter for a first deposit match up to $100. You will not regret it. This is Dan Schneier, the Big Blue Banter Podcast. In case you didn't know, The show you're listening to right now is part of the Blue Wire Podcast Network. Blue Wire was founded in 2018 on the concept that independent podcasts will be more successful if they work together. And now Blue Wire currently has 300 shows with athletes, celebrities, passionate fans like myself. I found Blue Wire right around the time when I started the Big Blue Banter podcast. When I started Big Blue Banter in 2018, I had an idea for a show, a name for a show, and then I had to figure out how to monetize that show and grow that show. That's when I found Blue Wire. Kevin Jones put everything on the line for this company and then found us and this show a way to monetize the content with strategy sessions, provided us new segments, connect us with podcasters, and even gave us an opportunity to record in the Win Vegas studio. Blue Wire has now raised over $10 million privately to grow and operate the business, and they're raising another round right now on WeFunder to expand the sales team and improve the operations. WeFunder is a crowdfunding service that connects startups with investors. It gives everyone an opportunity to be a part of the growing startup. This is not a donation. You're investing to own a piece of BlueWire. If you would like to be a part of the BlueWire investment round or you want to find out more information, go to WeFunder.com slash BlueWire. And remember, supporting BlueWire is another way to support our show 
and this podcast. Nick, you ever been in the spot where you just felt like, I've got a few hours to go. I'm going to this game. I'm buying tickets. I don't have the tickets yet. You're stressing. The anxiety is at an all-time high. You're trying to figure out what the heck you can do to get to this game. That happened to me a few years ago when the Wisconsin Badgers made the Sweet 16 game in the Madison Square Garden. My dad, diehard Badgers fan, the reason I went to Wisconsin, the reason I am a Badgers fan, I needed to get him tickets for that game. It was his birthday. So I'm stressing. I don't know what to do. And then, boom, I figure it out. I use the Game Time app. The Game Time app is the fast and easy way to buy tickets for all sports, music, comedy, and anything near you. They got killer deals, last-minute tickets. You click open the app, and you're shocked to see that you can actually go to these games, having a good time, and not actually have to pay so much money that it breaks your bank account. Stanley Cup Final Week 1 this past season. I used the Game Time app last second. It was actually past the time of puck drop. Went on the app. I was in Vegas. Saw the Vegas Golden Knights defeat the Florida Panthers. And I also used the Game Time app to buy my entire family when they came out here to Phoenix to visit me to see Tom Segura's special, which is actually the same special Netflix used for their videotapings. And I love it because you can find so much on the app. Like you get an actual image of the seat view. Not like you're buying a seat with an obstructed view. It's an actual image. You know what you're getting. Lowest prices that I've seen by far, and that's their guarantee. You get an event cancellation protection, job loss protection. They go all out here to make sure that this is a great experience for the user. Snag the tickets without the stress with Game Time. Download the Game Time app, create an account, and use the code BANTER. That's B-A-N-T-E-R for $20 off your first purchase. Terms apply. Again, create an account and redeem the code BANTER. B-A-N-T-E-R for $20 off. Download Game Time today. Last-minute tickets, lowest price guaranteed. The betting lines on his over-under right now are 10.50. So I have it over. People might look like 12.19. That's not overly sexy. But if you look at the regular season last year, he was only at 13.12. And as you said, I think the Giants are going to dial it back just a little bit more. And as we're going to see here in a little bit, he's going to be involved as a pass catcher because I have him statted out for 49 receptions for 324 receiving yards, which is 6.6 yards per catch with only one receiving touchdown. And I really kind of battled back and forth with this number because I do think the Giants it's going to try to use him a little bit more, Dan, as a receiver. That's been talked throughout training camp. But a lot of these talks throughout training camp, they don't necessarily materialize once the regular yes. season rolls around. I still think he's going to be involved. But I think Mike Kafka and Brian Dable are really going to do wonders with scheming the uh, stacks and stuff like that with the tight ends specifically and those wide receivers. But when Daniel or where Saquon Barkley gets a lot of his catches, if they don't use him downfield, which was a little bit of word throughout training camp is when linebackers try to flow through a stack or through a bunch in man coverage against Saquon Barkley, who's flaring out to the flat. So he's going to get a lot of those cheap little catch the football behind the line of scrimmage, make people miss. That's why I have his receptions at 6.6. I think I said yards per catch, but that's kind of in line with where he's been throughout his entire career. Last year, he had 5.9 yards per catch. 2021, it was 6.4. And then back in 2019, it was 8.4 in 2018 when he was just checked down Charlie for Eli Manning, it was 7.9. Yeah. And so I think before I address these, I want to say just for those who are following along and maybe thinking about placing any wagers, just keep in mind, like, yes, the over looks pretty easy to hit here for Saquon Barkley at 1050 for rushing yards, for example. But like, remember, when you're taking overs, you're battling injuries too. And that's why it's, in my opinion, I, I never bet season long overs, Nick, just to let you know. And for anyone listening who's interested, I only do the unders on season long wagers because of the injury situation. I think the, the, the value is in the unders. And I think Vegas is very well aware that 
you're taking minus EV when you bet the over. So even the ones that feel so good, it's hard for me to take. And that 17 touchdown passing touchdown one for Jones, by the way, I'm tempted to take right now, Nick, but Jones has dealt with injuries. So it's like, that's how they get you. That's how they get you. So anyway, as far as your projections for the receptions go, I want to think that if this offense evolves the way I'm saying it will, and the narrative that I've already expressed throughout the first parts of these projections, uh, predictions for me off of your projections, that Barkley's role in the passing game will actually shrink rather than grow. Obviously, there was a talk, like you mentioned, that it could grow. He was talking about how, you know, they want to use him more in these interesting ways. I got to see that to believe it, Nick, because it hasn't been the case, and we're deep into the career right now, especially for a running back as far as the, how, how long their shelf life tends to be. So I tend to think most of what he'll do in the passing game is what he did last year, those flare routes. And if he's getting a lot of those receptions, Nick, it's probably a bad sign for the offense. I'm going to be completely honest because it means that Jones is coming back to him in the, in that progression. Uh, Go ahead. Some of it is just option. Some of it is we're going to put the defense in a bind. And if they are in man coverage and this linebacker has to work through traffic, then I'm just going to take what the defense has given me. It's not necessarily a bad sign. Usually defenses will adjust. They'll push the coverage if they're running match type principles, which I expect a lot of teams to do, especially if Saquon Barkley is catching the ball and getting six, seven, eight yards per clip. So I just wanted to kind of clarify that a little bit. And Dan, hopefully, hopefully we will see a freaking screen actually worked to Saquon Barkley, right? Get the guy in space. Have JMS climb up to the safety. Get Mark Lewinsky's ass out there. That would be absolutely lovely. It'd be so nice to see a successful screen game this year for the Giants. It feels like I can't even remember the last. I feel like Rashad Jennings was the last like successful screen. <laughs> no, they had they had one to Paul Perkins in like 20 whatever it was, the Vikings game I went to in Minnesota that year. It was like a 60-yard screen or whatever. But man, oh man, did they struggle running screen game last year. So all that stuff for me is more be- see it to believe it. Um, so I'm gonna take the under for I'm gonna take the under for both for receptions and for receiving yards. Uh, so I can't take all overs here. I'm going to take the under for those. I'm going to take the over for receiving touchdowns, though, at one. Uh, and obviously, that's a project, a bit of a projection. But I'm going to hope yeah. that with all the attention paid to Darren Waller in the red zone, it's going to lead to more opportunities for Saquon Barkley and one-on-ones to to make a big impact in the passing game in the red zone. Okay, let's – yeah, go ahead. I was going to say, remember against the Green Bay Packers when the Giants had – Saquon Barkley run that drag route and Devondre Campbell tried pushing it and there was nobody to push it to. I think if the Giants incorporate some more spread concepts, which they will, and they're going to have air raid and they're going to do West Coast. They're very diverse. I think you're going to get Saquon Barkley out on the boundary. Right. Not going to be a backside X like we talk about with Hyatt and and Darren Waller because it's not a three by one set, but you're going to have Saquon Barkley out on the boundary in a spread look and a Daniel Jones and Mike Kafka like that matchup. Whatever linebacker they task to guard Saquon Barkley, they may take shots. And that's something that you and I have, we've had issues with because I I feel like every time they attempt to take that shot, it's like a throwaway play. But if they run the drag route, it's a much simpler pass to complete. So maybe we'll see some uh, mistakes in the secondary like we saw with Devondre Campbell and the linebackers of Green Bay. Yeah, I think you just outlined that perfectly. They've tried to take those shots, but it feels like it's mostly been Saquon on the vertical plane. And if we're going to be quite frank, at at least is what the film tells us, Nick, and you could confirm if you agree or disagree with this, but Barkley hasn't been creating that much separation when they've ran those plays on the vertical plane for whatever reason. Um, But on the horizontal plane, like you said, in the Green Bay game, he created a good amount of separation there and then a big play after the catch. So everything you said there, uh, go ahead. I was going to say, not really last year, but a little bit, if you go back to 2021, which is yeah, that big play in Washington, right? 
well, the play against the Chargers, he had a touchdown receiving. He had a touchdown receiving against yeah. the Saints, which was huge in the in the win where we were like, oh my God, Giants won. It's crazy. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that was on that wheel route. Yeah. I mean, so we'll see if they can get him back in there. Your all everything you said was was interesting. It made me want to go to the overs, even though I just took the unders. Um, so I'm gonna revise my picks to push. I'm not going over yet though, because I'm about to go on an over spree with this next person. So <laughs> Just absolute overspree is about to hit. Um, and here we go. We're moving on to Darren Waller. This is where the overspree engages for me. So we've got you've got him at 70 receptions, 789 yards, which would be 11.2 per catch, six receiving touchdowns, and playing 14 games. I'm about to shoot overs into the world right now because I think he's going to play all 17 games. I don't believe in injury prone, personally. I think it's mostly luck-based. Um, I'm going to go over on 70 receptions. So what would that let, – let me think of what I'm going to put. Let me do a little math here. Real quick on a little calculator. Oh, here we go. This is uh, great podcasting right now. Trying to do a little. Math I could talk. I could talk while you talk. Okay. So the over under for Darren Waller, according to DraftKings, is seventy and a half yards minus one fifteen, and catches is sixty and a half. So I have him over with both, only playing fourteen games. I don't have the touchdowns in front of me, but I'll pull that up once you're ready, and I can be done. I'm just ready. Extending. Okay, you're ready. You can go. Well, I'm bro. ready. Here. I'm ready to go. So I'm <laughs> predicting he'll have 102 receptions this season. That nice. would be an average of six catches per game over a 17 game sample size. I think he's also, and I think, and I said earlier on the CBS podcast, I think he's going to get up to like maybe 140 targets. I think we were looking at 135 to 140 targets for him. I think his yards perception is going to be a little lower than you do. I think he's going to be used a little bit more in, in the short intermediate game. Um, you have him above 10. I have him closer in the nine range. So I have him just over 900 yards at 939, but that's still over on the yards and receiving touchdowns. That's the interesting one for me, Nick six. I'll go with a slight over. I think he's going to get to seven or eight. The reason I'm not going too heavy on this is because I think he's going to get so much attention in the red zone. That's yeah. going to be harder for him to actually come away with the touchdowns. And there's going to be open looks for other players that are because of him, but it doesn't actually go in his stack column in the box score. So slight over on the last one, but massive hits on the over for yards and the over for catches. And you can get the over on DraftKings at four and a half. You get it plus odds right now. Not bad. So it's not bad. Again, the over thing, Darren Waller is over 30 years old. He's an injury prone quote unquote tight end he's a tight end who has been injured in recent memory so that's one of the reasons why you're getting some juice there but hey if you trust in the fact that the giants strength and conditioning coaches have done a good job mitigating these soft tissue injuries four and a half at plus odds yeah it's not crazy like darren waller can have a three touchdown game he's right fully right. capable of doing that i don't really necessarily foresee that but he is capable of doing it. So God, just... I want to take all these overs, Nick. It's bad. I may break my my plan and my strategy, which is you never take an over on a season long. Now I'm questioning that because these are just juicy. This is just the, the Jones 15. What is it? 17 and a half. Waller four and a half. Come on. Come the on. Jones, the Jones 17 one isn't plus odds, though. The plus That's odds for Jones, I think, was um, it was something it was something else. It might have been the yards over 3,300, but you still, you get it at like minus 110 or whatever the hell it is. Yeah, do a little parlay action with Jones and Waller. All right, let's move on to the next one here. Jalen Hyatt. It's an interesting one. Role is so uncertain to me, but I like him. You have him at 36 receptions, 489 receiving yards at 13.5 yards per catch, and then four receiving touchdowns. 
Woo, what do I do with this one? I'm a little confused oh, on this. And this is the fun thing about doing these stat projections once we get to receivers. It's it's easy until this point. Daniel Jones, Barkley, Waller. That was all the easy stuff. The receivers, that's when things get hard because it's not like they're coming out with the fine roles with these guys. Um, so I'll give you this. Did you want to say something, Nick? I didn't mean to cut you off. You said okay. No, no, it's all you. I was just going to say it's very difficult to stat out the Giants receiving core right now because we just don't know the roles, as you said. So while I was doing this, I was like, man, this could look like <laughs> come week five, you know, yeah. but, you know, it is what it is. It's a fun little exercise we're doing. Yes, yes, it's for fun. I'm going to go 36. That would be uh, – there's going to be some games where he doesn't have many. I'm going to go slight over on receptions, but not crazy over there. But I'm going to go over on receiving yards. I think he's going to get to. So you have him averaging 13.5 per catch, Nick. I think he's going to average like 17 yards per catch. That's my Jalen Hyatt prediction for this year. He's in like that crazy number, that 17, 18 yards per catch range. And it's because of the things you've already talked about, not just the vert what he can do on the vertical plane from like those stutter and goes and those double moves. It's also what you talked about when they have those routes that clear out defenders and he's just running the drag underneath and he catches the ball. He's going to take that a lot of times, like 30, 40 yards. So I think he's going to smash the yardage over here. Um, slightly beat the receptions total. Receiving TDs of four. I'm predicting 25. If you think he's going to smash the yards per reception, that's yeah. where the TDs are also going to be factored in. No. Last year, here are the, the yards per reception leaders of players who were targeted and played at least 50% of their snaps. Jalen Waddle led the league at 18.1 yards per catch. Gabe Davis was second, which I don't feel like a lot of people are aware of 17.4. I wasn't. And then AJ Brown is third at 17. Everybody else was sub 16 with Terry McLaurin. At I, I just predicted 17, which is insane. Let me take that prediction. No, but maybe if that, I don't think it's, that's yeah. the thing, dude, I, I have it much less, but I don't necessarily think it's insane, but we are projecting Daniel Jones. This is one of the reasons why I started it out this way to take that step to actually create more explosive plays with his arms. That's one way right. why I have him hovering around 4,000 passing yards with all of those touchdowns if he does that and he has the weapons to do so in Jalen Hyatt I don't think 17 yards per catch is too crazy it, if everything clicks together which isn't certain but if it does that can't happen I just think the Giants are going to try stupid screens to Jalen Hyatt and they're going to go for like negative kill his average you're right not <laughs> about that those push passes and stuff they showed in the preseason that's going to crush the average it's a great point hmm Still taking the over though, but I gotta refrain and dial it back down to like fifteen to fifteen and a half. Now that I'm remembering, they're gonna try all those screens that we know don't work for the Giants. The Giants can't run a screen game. They can't run with the receivers. Can't run with the running backs. Hopefully, we're wrong about that, and then they miraculously figure it out. But uh, that may take a little bit more time and a little bit more talent on the offensive line. We'll see what happens there. I'm still taking the over there. All right, let's go to Isaiah Hodgins. I have a feeling I'm gonna hit some. I'm gonna go back on an, on an over spree for this one. And the answer to that is yes, that feeling was true. Here's my thing with Isaiah Hodgins, why I'm taking a lot of overs on him. I just look at his snap percentage from last year. We went over this last year on the Sleeper podcast, or yesterday on the Sleeper podcast. Well, I just feel like I pulled Nick Filato. I said yesterday. I didn't say yesterday. And I never Wait, do so that. How do you usually say yesterday? Y yesterday. I pronounce it's it. It's not as bad as a pitcher. I it's still like don't understand how you, you say picture. Picture. A pitcher versus a picture. This is the most, uh, you understand this, Nick. We've gone over this plenty of time. You know you understand this. This is not a Devante, Devante type of situation. You, just, <laughs> you understand the picture, picture. And I don't do the yesterdays, okay? I'm not Italian, even though as much as I want to be, I'm not Italian. So yesterday on that podcast, we went over Isaiah Hodgins. The main reason I think he's going to be a sleeper is because I just look at the snap percentage last year and he's playing 
crazy high number on the outside of the boundary. Oh, yeah. And they just don't have guys, in my opinion, that can play the boundary the way that he can play it and offer the versatility of you don't know if they're going to be running the ball or throwing the ball because this dude's six foot four and a half and he can block. And so with all that said, I think he gets a crazy amount of snaps and that's going to give him opportunities to crush these overs. So taking over on 52 receptions for Isaiah Hodgins, taking over on 516 yards. Though I like that you said his average would be under 10 because I think it will be. And then it's like, so I'm going to go slight over, slight over, but still over. And then receiving touchdowns for Isaiah Hodgins. I like that Isaiah Hodgins was the one of the guys who I felt like benefited a lot from Daniel Jones taking that end of the season jump in the red zone. I think about yeah. that whip route he ran against the Washington, if I remember. I'm going to take the over on the touchdowns too, but probably more of a slight over there, maybe four, five, six range, but I'm going to take the over there too. So I'm, I, I, I said I was going to go on over spree and I went back on an over spree here. I got to start taking some unders at some point. Or this is just sound like the biggest Homer podcast in the history of the Giants. Yeah, it may, but it's okay. Like I feel like with some of the guys we have statted out left, there are plenty of players like Sterling Shepard, Daniel Bellinger. I don't have those guys statted out, yeah. but I have Darius Slayton statted out. I have Paris Campbell and I have Wanda Robinson. I can easily see where Isaiah Hodgins and Darius Slayton, they just eat into each other's workload that I have statted out. If one of them gets injured, if one of them is playing better than the other, and the same goes for Wandale Robinson and Paris Campbell. You just don't know, and that's one of the fun things about the Giants office. You just don't know which player is going to just yeah. consume the other player stats. True, but let's try to do it. We got Darius Slayton, 41 receptions, 465 yards. It's 11.3 yard per catch and two receiving TDs. I'm going to go over, over, and over. And I will hit some unders soon. Don't worry. Okay. But just remember, I hit over on Jones passing yards. So I have to take over some overs here too, as well, to make it make sense. Got to make it make sense. And I don't do the math. I'm not Nick Filato. I don't have a, I'm, I have a super math brain and a spreadsheet. <laughs> <I suck at laughs> math. Just making up this whole spreadsheet thing on the spot. But I don't have anything going into these. I'm just, you know, eyeball test here, eyeballing this whole thing out. But Slayton to me is like 11.3 yards per catch. I think he's going to crush that. Um, but maybe, you know, not crush it, but I think he's going to beat that. What was his yards per catch last year? Do you have that number by any chance, Nick? Last year was 15.7. The year before that was 13. Okay. But he's been consistently hovering around the 15. I have it a little bit lighter than that. Because uh, once I statted a lot of this stuff yeah, out, I had to find right. ways right. to maneuver <laughs> numbers around it and really just have conversations in my head as yes. to who is going to be the one who isn't going to get as much as the other. Yeah, and I think as you'll see with these last two, so I'll, I'll over across the board here, but then I'm going to under Wandale uh, at 37, 336, and one, even though that feels so easy to get. I'm still going to take yeah. a slight under there. And then even Paris Campbell at 46, 480, and four. I'm definitely under four on Paris Campbell touchdowns, but even at 46 and 480, I'll slight under both of those. The reason why I have four, I though, want to over them all, though, Nick. I want to over them all. Right? I have to take a few unders here. I'm going to let me over them all, Nick. <laughs> So the reason why I have him at four is I think Paris Campbell is going to be a big part of the red zone passing attack. I think he's going to, and I think I've mentioned this on the podcast. I definitely mentioned it at Big Blue View. I think he's going to be like a pony personnel type of weapon, only it's going to be 11 personnel. So it's not 21 personnel. I think he's going to operate in a similar role that Matt Breida operated in when they're down in the red zone. And also we saw that it didn't work. Paris Campbell got tackled because it was a bad pass from Daniel Jones at the goal line. And I, I feel like every time I turn on a highlight, Paris Campbell is running a play action slide in the red zone. A that highlight was a from play, by the way. That was a really nice design play. That that PA slide where they got Campbell. I'm sorry, I didn't mean to cut you off, but that just no, you're fine. It's great. It was it was fine, and I think that's going to be his role. It's going to be a low in the red zone, a low A dot role. Let's get him a nice, easy 
completed pass by the line of scrimmage and allow him to work because he's good in space. So I think that's one reason why I had him. That is one reason why I had him at four touchdowns. And you sold me. So it's like, you know, I'm overing that too now. It's just hard to take unders here when I think this passing game is going to take the jump that I think it is going to take, not only because of Daniel Jones' progression, but because of what Brian Dable wants to get back to, which is a pass-heavy offense, one of the most pass-heavy offenses, if not the most pass-heavy offense in the NFL. That's what he wants. He probably feels like he's close to getting there. And I don't think in his mind, he thinks this is a two-year process. I don't think he went into this saying, ah, we'll be run heavy one year and then we'll be run heavy the next. I think he looked at it like we were run heavy last year. There were reasons for it, but we've already gotten to the point from a personnel standpoint now where we can do what I want to do, which is become a pass-heavy team. And that's exciting to me. So we'll close out there, Nick. This is just a fun little show here on Stat Production. One, one other thing. We have 67 unaccounted for receptions for 509 yards, 7.45 yards per catch with six unaccounted for touchdowns. I think a lot of that goes to Daniel Bellinger, maybe Sterling Shepard. Giants could sign another Isaiah Hodgins type of guy. Cole Beasley could get healthy. So that's a solid chunk of stats right there that are unaccounted for that will go to whoever the hell the Giants decide to throw the football to. Maybe Eric Gray. Who knows? Shout out Daniel Bellinger. Shout out Frank Bellinger. Uh, Daniel's dad. <laughs> um, Dan, Frank, yeah. Frank sent me a little note today that he was kind of a little disappointed. Daniel didn't make the sleepers list for, but look, Daniel's past the point of sleeper. The way we define sleeper, and I think Frank knows we were joking around, but like we can't call Daniel Bellinger sleeper. Every Giants fan knows about Daniel Bellinger. And we did toy with him as a potential breakout candidate as well. We didn't settle on it, but we toyed with it. So we still feel really confident about what Daniel Bellinger can offer the Giants. But I think some of it doesn't show up in the box score in the stats. And I think that's important to note. Like a lot of what he does so well for the Giants, the stuff that helps you win football games and shows up on the all 22 film, but may not always be the box that what, what you see in the box score stats. For sure. There are 31 other NFL teams that would take Daniel Bellinger. Yeah, easy. It'd be in the rotation on every roster, the way he blocks and the way he competes on every play. And again, there is untapped potential in the passing game. So I'm excited to see if he can account for a lot of those yards you just broke down, Nick. But anyway, that's all we have for today on the Big Blue Banter podcast. We're getting close. It's almost the start of the season. And I am very, very excited that Giants football is back. I can't wait to break down the film with you, Nick. I can't wait to do the initial reactions. That's my one of my favorite times is just raw reaction hour or two after the game. How do we feel about what we just saw on the broadcast angle? And I know a lot of the time it's like me and you rewatch the broadcast angle, which feels like you get something out of it, but then you get the real deal when you do the film stuff during the week too. So a lot of good stuff coming. We'll have one more podcast after this as well to prepare for the season. And that's where we're going to do our win projections and uh, I'm sorry, win predictions. We're going to go game by game on the schedule. And I'm going to see how mine compares to Nick. I'm curious to see, we're not going over it beforehand. So it's going to be all fresh. Please like, and subscribe to this podcast. If you're watching on YouTube, hit subscribe, hit like right away. Bang, bang. I call it the bang, bang. You've ever seen Louis CK, his TV show. Uh, one of the funniest bits I thought he had was when him and his friend uh, went to a restaurant ate a massive meal and then said, you want to do a bang bang. And what a bang bang is in Louis in Louis's world is you go, you eat at a great restaurant, you eat a full meal and you go dr get in your car and you drive right to the next restaurant to eat another meal. Oh, bang, bang. So give us a bang, bang on YouTube. Go like, go subscribe, get us over 5k, help us grow the show. That's all we ever ask of you. It's not a lot in my mind. At least. So help us grow Have a good rest of your day. And we'll talk to you soon. Every fan knows the right player in the right position can be a game changer. 
Put LifeLock between your identity and identity thieves to monitor and alert you to threats you could miss. Plus, with a U.S.-based restoration specialist on your team, you won't have to face drained accounts, fraudulent loans, or other losses from identity theft alone. All backed by the LifeLock Million Dollar Protection Package. Change the game on identity theft. Save up to 25% your first year at LifeLock.com slash aware.